maker and my creator, to Jesus my Lord and my Savior, the Holy Spirit my power and my comforter. Amen. To my wife, Cynthia, I love you. Stand up. Somebody tell the Lord thank you. Amen. 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 To uh, Pastor Jerry's wife, Elaine, and to all the minister's wives, to all the wives. The Bible says, he that findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and finds favor in the law. The problem is we don't honor our wives enough. The Bible says, if you don't honor your wife, you can't get your prayers past the ceiling. Amen? So I have to honor my wife and all the wives because this is the will of God for our lives. You know, uh, women don't know it, but you, you were named the same thing as the Holy Spirit. Amen? And you sometimes don't realize your importance. Amen? And so therefore, anytime you see a man... That's doing great things. There has to be a woman. And listen, you can give God some praise. Don't pity Pat if you want to praise him, praise him. <laughs> you know, I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Sometimes people don't like the Bible because it hurts their traditions and what we've been programmed to think concerning the things of God and who women are. You know, I believe this one thing. And that is, God made man in his image and after his likeness. But what we fail to realize is that word man is a plural word. Yes, it's not a singular word, it's a plural word. And that means when God made man, he made the species, male and female, created he them. Amen. And so when he was giving all the instructions, he was giving it to the male man. But the female man was in him. I'm already teaching, amen. So, so what happened now, this is what I believe. And you can test the theory by the word of God and by what I'm about to tell you. So Adam was ruling, he was dominating, he was subduing, and he was handling business. But then God said, it's not good that he should be alone. It's not good that he should have everybody in him. It's not good for him to walk around with all humanity inside. So I'm going to make him a helper to get him out. <laughs> and so he reached inside a man. He put him to sleep. You know, that was the uh, first, you know, C-section. See, people think they're creating stuff. You ain't creating nothing. There's nothing new under the sun. So he, he performed a C-section without anesthesia. And I believe he took out something that man desperately needed. Listen carefully. Yes, he did. So he took her out and he fashioned her. And whatever he took out was man's capacity to function independently to his maximum potential without her. He said, now you help him be all the man 
he was designed and created to be. That's why I honor my wife and his wife and every wife and every woman. Because you are the incubators of what God has designed. So don't ever let nobody or no thing uh, reduce you to something that you're not. Because the same helper, right? He said, I'm going to make you a helper. And he made the woman. And then when Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you comfortably, I'm going to send you a helper. The same word, helper, right? It's the same word that God used for the woman and the same that he used for the Holy Spirit. So that's how important you are. So let nobody fool. We need you to do what it is that we do. Now, I know that was a long introduction about my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't do what I do unless she do what she does. And so it is with Pastor Jerry and all of you who have wives. So he that find a wife, find a good thing. Amen. And of you other women who don't have a husband, you helping a man be something. I know you are. Amen. To all the preachers of the gospel, God bless you so much. To the pastor of this great church, Pastor Jerry. Amen. Let's give God some praise. This is an awesome place. The presence and power of God is here. Uh, to this praise team. God bless you. Amen. Amen. They are anointed of God. You need some music. You know, David got a whole book of songs. Help us to get into the presence of God. And so we thank God for all of you who are here. And we bless the Lord to my good friend, Pastor Ford. Amen. Amen. Uh, It's interesting, and I want to share with you before I get into too much of this stuff, because sometimes people don't realize the power of God. And that God created you for a purpose. He created you for a plan. See, God knows the plans, amen, that he has for you, plans to prosper you, right? Not to harm you, but to give you a future and a hope, right? And so God knows the plan. That means or implies perhaps that we don't know the plan. But he has revealed it to us by the Holy Spirit who can go deep inside of God's mind and get that purpose and bring it out so when we pray to God, he can reveal it unto us. And so my purpose from my mother's womb was to do what I do now. But when I was a child, you know, sometimes people will um, try to kill your dreams. Talk too much. Sit down. Shut up. You're too loud. Go over there and be quiet. Well, they was messing with my gift. And the Bible says it's your gift that makes room for you in the earth. So I know that I was designed by God to be who I am. Well, you were also designed by God for a purpose. So don't let nobody deter you from it. You know that thing that you've been thinking about? You know that thing that's inside of you that you've now kind of put on the back burner? Well, it's not dead. Amen. And so God had been dealing with me about moving outside of the walls of the church to speak on a, 
a higher platform or a larger platform, if you will. And I'm saying, God, how are you going to do that? I'm passionate this in a small place. How, how this going to work out? But sometimes our finite minds can fathom the infinite mind of God. But I've learned how to just let God be God. And so whatever he says, I just believe it now. You know, I'm from a small town. You say you're from Arkansas, say backwood, Arkansas. Well, I'm from a small town from Chester, South Carolina. Chester, South Carolina. Small, small town, about 5,000 people. I feel like Jesus. Can anything good come out of Chester? (laughs) Well, God can bring you out and do whatever he will. And so God been telling me these things. I'm like, well, well, God, how? So I met this guy, Pastor Ford. And it was crazy how we met. He and his, my other friend, Pastor Randy Downs, they were police officers, right? And, and, and God, Randy said, you know, Pastor got a sense of humor because uh, his last name was Down. And Officer Down, you know, he was like, oh, Lord, what's going on? So they contacted me somehow. And we met and we became friends. And so God had been dealing with me about getting out of side of the walls of the church. Well, I met this guy. Then I went and preached the anniversary for him one day at his church in Charlotte, North Carolina. And he called me up one day. He said, Pastor Johnny, they're filming this movie uh, called The War Room. You ever heard of it? I said, no, I ain't heard of it. He said, well, they um, are auditioning for uh, pastors, you know, who uh, make can qualify for this part. I said, really? He said, you ought to go and audition. I said, sure enough, where is it at? So he told me where it was. I went and auditioned, and out of everyone who auditioned that day, guess what? So God has a blessing with your name on it. Uh, Y'all act like you're scared of it. Huh? Mary Mary said, you better go get your blessing. Huh? And so I went and got my blessing because God said this is what he's going to do. So I went and I got the part. Didn't think much about it. Went, did the deal, filmed the deal. Didn't think anything about it until I went to the movie. And I saw this guy y'all just saw. And I'm tripping in the movie. <laughs> y'all understand? I'm, Pastor, I'm tripping in the movie kind of know that guy. But see, God will give you a small thing. One, can you imagine just one little scene? That's all you need to do what God said he needs you to do. You don't need all that. So, uh, I'm really not a movie star. I've been acting all my life. <laughs> Amen. You know, you get in trouble, you act like you didn't do it, so you won't get a whoop. You know about that? Yeah, so I mean... <laughs> It says, do what you do. And if you're a preacher of any sort, you know what? You're just acting all the time. <laughs> For real. You're performing every day, every time you get up. So it's just a natural thing. I just did what I do. And so, but God used that small thing to get me outside of the walls of the church. And since that time, I've been traveling around, been to Africa a couple of times, just doing deals for the Lord. And so we bless the Lord for what he has done. You know, Jesus, when he came, he said, repent, for the kingdom of God has arrived. And so I teach from the standpoint that if you can control the thoughts of your mind, you can control the destiny of your life. 
Because what happened, we've been conformed and conditioned to a system that is governed by the devil. Amen. And so we've been conformed to Satan. And Jesus says, you got to change your mind. See, that word repent also means change your thinking. Amen. It's made up of two grammatical constructs. The prefix R-E means return. And the word pent means top. So we have to return to the top of our thinking. Kingdom thinking. So Jesus says the kingdom of God is here. Now you got to get your mind conditioned to function and operate in the kingdom of God. So you can think like Christ. So you can think like God. And so what happens now, he gave me this little premise entitled Control Your Mind, Control Your Destiny. I have that book with me today. But you're going to get the privilege of getting information out of the next book that I'm writing right now. It's already ready. I just got to get it from, I thought it'd be ready by the time I got here, but it's not. It's called Prayers and Meditation from the War Room Pastor. Amen. So you'll get fresh information out of that book today from this PowerPoint that I'm going to teach from. But you can get the information that he already gave me from the book, Control Your Mind, Control Your Destiny today as well. We have copies here. And that book, Eight Principles that will help you get control of the thoughts of your mind so you can control the destiny of your life. And the only way we can do that is to change your thinking. Amen. Even to the point of prayer, you've got to change your attitude about prayer. Amen. So when we understand these principles, we'll begin to understand the mind of God. And when you understand the mind of God, then you, you, people won't know you anymore. Hmm? People don't know me anymore. And you may have to change some family and some friends and some associates. You, you might have to change your uh, lifestyle. In fact, when the kingdom of God come, everything changes. Amen. Everything changes. When the kingdom of God arise, I mean situations and circumstances have to get better. And the kingdom of God is here, so we ought to be prospering in every area of our lives. And 3 John verse 2 says, Beloved, I pray above how many things? That you may prosper and be healthy to enjoy the prosperity. But you have to get there mentally before you get there physically. Amen. <laughs> My God. I feel all right. Y'all done praise me happy. I'm trying to relax. <laughs> Amen. So today we're here and excited to talk about prayer because prayer is what I do. That's how I got that part. See, praying is what I do. And I believe that because praying is what I do, God gave me a part in a movie on prayer. Amen. Amen. Y'all better stop patting. If you're going to clap, clap, praise the Lord. (laughs) If you're going to put them together, put them together. Hey, man. So... (laughs) <laughs> I like to laugh and joke and have fun. Y'all figure that out after a while. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is that God is so, so, so amazing. Amen. He's so, so amazing. 
And so today, we want to just come with you and talk with you about prayer because that's what I do. And God, every morning and every night and all through the day, we got to pray. Amen. So I'm going to ask if you would just pray and with me right now and let's ask God to help me. And I hope y'all don't mind. I don't like being up here. I feel confound. So I need to come down. Amen. Father God, we're thankful today and grateful for this opportunity to come together on this wise. We pray God, your presence and your power to continue to be with us. We pray that your kingdom continue to come and that your will continue to be done in our lives. I pray, God, that you move worthy behind the cross that the people may see you and not me. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And the church said, Amen. So we want to thank God for the uh, technicians back there. You know, now, you know, I have a degree in computer programming. I don't know nothing about no computer. I'm for real. That's not what I supposed to have been doing. You know, I grew up po p o. We, we couldn't afford the other OR, You feel me? <laughs> and so, and so, what happens is. Uh, I wanted to make some money. And so my high school counselor told me, uh, if you want to make money, you need to be in computers. That's why I got a degree in computer programming. But I didn't like them. Didn't want to do it. So we got to stop doing stuff just because we need money. God will supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. And so today we want to deal with this issue of prayer. Amen. And so uh, my clicker is not clicking. There we are. Yeah, we're clicking right now. So what is prayer? We, first of all, we need to plug into the power of prayer because there's power in prayer. We prayed here this morning early for about an hour and a half, getting prepared for this meeting. And so I hope you have your Bibles and a notepad because we want you to take some notes. I decided not to hand out no handouts today. Amen. So take some good notes. And we're going to work for a little while. And and if you have your uh, phones, you can take some Notes on your phone. I talk slow as I can. Amen. So prayer is communicating with God. You know that. Prayer is communicating with God. Now, communicating requires both listening and speaking. So you, you just can't do all the talking. When you talk about communicating. Anybody ever talk to somebody and say we had a nice conversation, they ain't say nothing? <laughs> huh? It, it, listen, it, it's a two-way thing. 
So when you go in to talk to the Lord, you just can't go in doing all the talking. Amen. So it requires both speaking and listening. Amen. So plug into the power so you can pray. Give me another clip there because it ain't, it ain't clicking for me. All right. So prayer is giving heaven permission to operate in the earth on your behalf. See, prayer is giving heaven authority to interfere with your affairs. See, heaven cannot operate in the earth unless you invite heaven. Hmm? You and I, human beings, is the only legal authority in the earth. You hear me? God needs your body to operate in the earth. The devil also needs your body to operate in the earth. And the Holy Spirit needs your body to operate in the earth. So let me tell you something. If you want heaven to come to earth to interfere with your affairs, you have to give heaven permission. And the way you give heaven permission is through prayer. So who got Matthew chapter uh, 6, read 9 through 10. Somebody read that real fast. Matthew chapter 6, who got it? After this manner, yes. Therefore pray ye, uh-huh. our Father, mm. which art in heaven, yes. hallowed be thy name. Uh-huh. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Amen. He says, pray after this manner. Our Father, where is he? Holy is your name. Wonderful is your name. How sacred is your name. How honored is your name. So when you go before the king, you have to say something like, Oh, king, live forever or something, right? You have to honor the king, right? So this is what he tell us to do. You honor the king when you go before the king. He said, come boldly before the throne of grace. Right? You can come boldly, but you got to say something about him. We roll up in there talking about, Lord, give me this, Lord, give me that, and hurry up. I got to go. <laughs> Hmm? That's how we do. <laughs> Amen. And so what happens is we have to go into the throne room. And then when we pray after this manner, this is how Jesus told us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, your kingdom, what? And your will be done where? In earth. Just as it is in heaven. So it's the will of God for heaven to operate in the earth. But we can't get heaven to earth lest we pray. That's the way we communicate with heaven. Amen. So we got to pray more. I believe if the saints prayed more, heaven will function more in the earth. Amen. You know, God, he, 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 can, he can feel you crying and stuff. No, you crying, Lord, crying, oh, Lord. Well, I mean, what? <laughs> you, you got to pray. You got to say what God says when we pray. Uh, hit me another slide. Yeah. Now, what is a strategy? See, we told you what prayer is, right? 
Now you need a strategy, a prayer strategy. What is a strategy? A strategy is defined as a plan of action. You need a plan of action when you pray. You're just going to roll in there. You got to have a plan of action. Amen? Right. As prayer warriors, we need to develop some prayer strategies. We need to have a plan of action when we go to fight our battles in prayer. This is a spiritual war. We're not fighting against nobody. You better pray for your enemies. That's the only way you're going to get them off of you. And don't pray that the train hit them. (laughs) Don't pray evil on them. Pray for them. And that's going to help you. Amen. Can't say amen. Say ouch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We need to develop a strategic plan of action to get heaven into the earth. We got to do that. Because understand, heaven not coming unless you invite it. Heaven can do nothing without your permission. Heaven sitting there waiting on you to invite. I just couldn't just roll down here and come in Pastor Jerry's church and he didn't invite me. Well, how you expect God to come and you didn't invite him? Well, God, you in charge. Well, God owns everything. But who he who did God give the authority of all the earth to? Who us? Human beings, yes. But then when human beings transferred that authority to who? Satan, then who really didn't have the authority in the earth? Now when Jesus came to give us the authority back. In his name, let's praise the name of Jesus. Amen. So we now have been given the authority back to function, operate in the name of Jesus. But we still have to invite the authority here. So we have the authority. That's why God, that's why we have to uh, invoke the presence and power of God. That's why we have to invite God because we are the only ones with the authority in the earth. We are the only legal authority in the earth. Now, any of spirit, listen, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a physical body. So you not you don't have a spirit, you are a spirit. Right? And you possess a soul. Your soul consists of your mind, how you think, your emotions, what you do, and your will. I'm sorry, your mind, how you think. Your emotions, how you feel, and your will, what you do. And all of those components live inside of a body that's governed by five senses, taste, touch, see, smell, and hear. So you're a complicated individual. And you are the only one that have authority in the earth because of the physical body. So God, when he formed man out of the dust of the ground, And he blew in his nostrils, his spirit, the breath of life. And then man became a living soul. And then God says, let them have dominion over all the earth. 
So when he said, let them, guess what? Man is here. Then God says, okay. The heavens, I'll rule. Y'all read the Bible? Isn't that right? But the earth, down here, I've given to man to rule. So he says, let them have dominion here. So now God, before man just lost his mind, God would come down in the cool of the day and hang out with his creation. Amen. He just hang out because he's always wanted to be in a relationship with his creation. No angel was created in the image of God. Only human beings in the image and the likeness of God. Amen. So when I'm, listen, I, ooh, I feel something right there. Yeah. See, I am just like my dad. Huh? You understand? Everything God is, I is. I, that just felt good. Huh? Yeah. I know you feel it now. Everything God is, I am. Hmm? Everything. See, listen, if, if, if I were to leave here today, where's the nearest lake in this part? What's the nearest lake? Big lake. Well, you got one around here? Where's the nearest ocean around here then? Y'all got any? Y'all have any beaches in the nearby? Well, y'all have to go to the, go to the beach. What, gray who? Okay, how far is that? Oh, that ain't too far. Let's go and get some water out of there. So if I take this bottle there and fill it up with that water, what do I have in this bottle? Use your imagination for a minute. Is that lake water? Is that ocean? Lake? What is it? Lake? Okay. So I have that water there, right? So everything that's in the water at the lake, I'm talking about the water. I ain't talking about the fish. I'm only talking about the water. So everything that's in the water, all the characteristics of the water that's in the lake is in the bottle. So God took a little bit of himself deposited into me and into you and everything that's in God is in you then hey 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 yeah 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 and so Jesus said if you've seen the father you've seen me then he said oh taste and see Something's happening. And that's why you need to understand. We have to invoke God. We have to invite God because he gave us the authority in the earth. And he can't do it unless you invite him. He needs your body to function. He needs your body to operate. He needs your body to interfere with what it is that you need. So when you go into prayer, you know, sometimes we can't get healing because we want healing for ourselves. But when you go before the presence of God, say, God, heal me. So I can do your will. 
And then, my God, healing has to come. Why? Because now you're going to affect something. My God, I tell you, if I had two or three people who could understand what I'm talking about. Hmm? My God. He said, God, if you hear because you know when the kingdom comes, folk have to get healed. I, in the name of Jesus, right now, somebody got some sickness need to be here. The kingdom is here. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I curse sickness in Jesus' mighty name because the kingdom of God is here. And I declare in Jesus' mighty name that healing is here. And all you got to do is receive the healing in Jesus' name. Y'all remember that woman had a spirit of infirmity? She was bent over. And the Bible said it was a spirit of infirmity. So the spirits of evil in the world can be sitting in the church while you're preaching and praising God. And Jesus saw this woman with a spirit. So a spirit can come that is not of God because that evil spirit needs the body also. So he had this woman infirm for all these years. And then Jesus healed her. And we got to get out of our religious mindset. Amen. And operate in a kingdom mindset. And then the religious folks, the scribes and Pharisees say, listen, you, you got six days to get healed. Get healed on one of them. Don't be getting no healing on this day. The Sabbath is not designed for healing. Jesus said, you hypocrite. If your ox or your animal go and fall in a hole, what you going to do? On, on the healing day, will you get him out? Say, you hypocrite. This woman is a daughter of Abraham. You are a child of God. He, she's a daughter of Abraham. Does she not have a right to be healed? My God, you are a child of the king. In fact, you are a king. Do you not have a right to the kingdom principles, the promises? My God, is there anybody here? So you have a right. So you just got to know how to come get it. Hmm? And I'm trying to teach you how to come get it every time you go. Amen. So this is what you have to do. So when you go in there and invite him to operate on your behalf in every area of your life. Yeah, we have to be spiritual. But you can't be so spiritually minded that you ain't no earthly good. Huh? Come on, somebody. Sometimes we have to come out in the clouds. And sometimes we have to come down, visit the earth every once in a while and see what's going on in your life. Amen. So you want to be spiritually sound, but you've got to have your soul converted after your spirit is born again. See, born again. Anybody ever read the scripture that says, behold, if any man is in Christ, what is he? Old thing. Behold, all things. Well, let me tell you something. That only took place in the spirit. I hate to bust your theological bubble. See, let me tell you something. I I didn't grow up in the church, Pastor. I didn't tell you earlier. I didn't grow up with the, you know, the Sunday school, you know, Beatitudes. And I didn't grow up with, you know, uh, the Apostles' Creed and, and the 23rd Psalm. You know, all the things you have to get taught. Now, I grew up uh, uh, from the heathenistic world. I knew all the principles of the heathens. Amen. Amen. So, 
So I, I didn't know church polity. I didn't know, you know, church rules. I was like Saul. I met Jesus on the Damascus Road. Because <laughs> he had a calling on my life. So he had to get you where he can get you. And so I have to confess to you today that I didn't go to church for Jesus. I went to church for my ex-girlfriend. I was trying to date her. But, you know, Jesus just so happened they were preaching. And after a while, I, I went and I heard Jesus say, make everything all right. I heard him say, he's here. I heard all this stuff. So I gave my, my hand to the preacher and my heart to God and did nothing change. You know, I, I started in the Baptist church and they used to sing them hymns on these kind of floors. Oh, y'all know you. You know about that in Arkansas. Come on in the room. Oh, yeah. Jesus is my doc. Come on now. He writes out all of my scriptures. Uh-huh. Give me all of my medicine in my room. Y'all act like you don't know. <laughs> so, so that's why I started. And it didn't work out, so she she wasn't right. <laughs> so I changed Baptist and went to Methodist. That's why I met my wife. <laughs> he know how to get you. He know what you like. Amen. So <laughs> it didn't work out with the other one, but it worked out. Thirty two years we've been together. Amen. So I found her in Methodism. But the method wasn't working for me. <laughs> so we left. <laughs> Amen. But that's where I got my credentials. I pastored two churches in the Amy Zion Church. Amen. One three years and one six years. And the Lord said, okay, it's another time to go. Mm-hmm. So we left and started ministry in 2006. And then when it was time to go from there, he said, okay, it's time to go. I'm like, God, what? I'm doing this is good. That's where I had Matt Ford and got the part and then called me out of that. Amen. So now I'm pastor of the independent church, right? Two of them. Got a small group at Word of Faith that I started in 2006. And then uh, this one pastor that left the, the Methodist church and started independent church, uh, he said the Lord called him back home. He ain't called me back home. So he called. <laughs> so, so he needed somebody. So now I'm pastor in Charity Community Church, you know, in Terrell, South Carolina. Amen. And and so what am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that, you know, uh, I have some no-nonsense kind of ways of doing things because I'm kind of like Paul. (laughs) See? So, listen, I went to get my preacher's license with short pants on. Can you imagine? I went to the quality conference with short pants. You, You know about that, don't you? Yeah. So... I went to the quality conference with short pants on to get my preacher's license. That's how little I knew about church rules and polity. And see, when God is ready for you, he might not give you time to get ready. Come on, somebody. You know, David was out there hanging out with the sheep. When he get ready to know him as king, go get him and bring him now. He didn't get a time to take a bath. He went and smelled it. 
So God didn't give me time to think about it. He come quickly. And so he called me to preach. I preached my trial sermon, right? And within three years, I was pastoring my first church. He don't give you time. I was still calling Job Job. <laughs> I'm looking for Chronicles and Corinthians. I need some tabs on my Bible. You feel me? Now, if it wasn't for the index, I'd be in trouble, right? But I know the Holy Ghost. The Bible said he'll bring all things to your remembrance. And he'll tell you what you need to do. And I'm trying to tell you how to get him in your life. I feel something right there. Huh? See, the problem in the church is we don't know when to run, dance, or shout. See, ha, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Don't make me get started. I still got some Baptists in me. <laughs> huh? They taught me how to give you three points in a poem. I can do that too. If you need that, I can do that. They, they, I, they taught me in school how to write a sermon. They did. They were wrong. <laughs> Let me, um, let me look at my wife so she can tell me. She don't want to tell, tell, tell me to do something. Tell me to be quiet. Or <laughs> Say, get back on the paper. Well, I ain't got no paper. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Put the sign up or something. I need a sign right here. Just slow down. They might not invite me back no more. But this is what it is. The problem, they taught us these things in school. The problem is they taught us uh, hermeneutics. I can't even say it good. Homiletics. Isn't there hermeneutics too? Hermeneutics. Okay, you see that word there? I can't pronounce it. But they ain't teach no kingdom. They taught me all the world religions, but they ain't teach me no kingdom. I messed around and read the Bible, y'all. It's something in the Bible. Jesus said, you need to go and preach this kingdom thing. Isn't that something? You feel that, don't you? You feel that thing. And so, and so this is what happens when the kingdom comes. It gets everything right. Your spirit. It gets your mind your will and your emotions, right? And it gets your body physically, right? And it gets your economic condition restored. But see, in order to get your economic condition restored, you got to get your mind. See, poverty is a mindset. Hmm. See, and you know, miracles won't even change your mind. That's a shame, but it won't. See, the children of Israel have been in bondage for 400 years. God delivered them. But they weren't free. They still had Egypt in their mind. See? And they had miracles after miracles. They closed and were out. They was fed with bread from heaven. They complained and God changed the menu. Amen. They choose didn't wear out. So if miracle changed your mind, their mind would have been changed. So the kingdom of God, the word of God, is what's going to change your mind. 
is what's going to change your economic condition. Because you have to get there mentally before you get there physically. Now, I ain't teaching that today. You got to get the book out there. It's just $15. That's all it is. And you can get that one. That'll help you with that. So I need to get back on here. Because I, I, that's what I do. I teach that. And for 20 years, I've been helping people get there. I've been pastoring 25 years. I've been teaching control your mind for 20. And it's, that's what's going to change your life. That's what's going to change your heart. There's too many people in the church saved who love God, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking with unknown tongue, but broken, busted, disgusted, and can't be trusted, sick and hurting, and depressed and sad. Somebody said tight, but it right. Somebody say preach, preacher. Oh, God help me, Holy Ghost. See, this is some serious business. And we're in spiritual war. The devil want to keep your mind blinded. The Bible says the whole world is under the sway of the devil. And see, whoever controls the mind controls the individual. And I'm here to break the bondage of mental bondage, the, the bonds of mental bondage. The battle is in the mind. We know, we read the word, it says, Beloved, above all things, I pray that you prosper. It's the will of God that you prosper and be in hell. It's the will. I read the Bible. My wife and I are going through the Bible in a year again this year. And, and, and we encourage the church to read the Bible this year. And we start on January 1, going through for a whole year again. And as we are reading the Bible, we're rediscovering that all of God's people were economically solid. I, the more I read it, Pastor, I can't find nobody of God that was broke. Like that, bro. I, where I'm from, they, they honored poverty in the church. Who does that? And then they get mad at you when you get your mind free and God start blessing you in the city. Bless you in the field. Bless you when you're going. Bless you when you come. Everything you touch is blessed. The Bible says that you're above only and never beneath. Even if you fall, you fall on top. And don't nobody know you're fair but you. Because it's the will of God for your life. God said, I bless you and I won't add no burdens to it. I used to test a lie in church. When, when I didn't got something, my wife said, don't buy that car. I said, honey, don't worry about it. 19% interest. That's a burden. Then you'd get on the stage at church and test the lie. Well, the Lord blessed us. The Lord ain't blessed you. You went down to the buy here, pay here, and got yourself in bondage. My God. So what you got to do? Oh, they don't have those in Arkansas. I better get through these slides because I'm about to be out of time. Uh, he said, you're my people who are called by my name. Who are you talking to? Well, humble themselves. Get off your high horse. Humble yourself and pray and turn from your wicked ways. What are you going to do? Then you hear from heaven. 
forgive your sins and he'll heal the land and he'll bless every area of your life. That's what he want to do. And that's what's going to happen when the kingdom of God come. And that's what's going to happen when you get this strategy in your life. I ain't here to entertain you. Huh? See, God knows. See, God knows what people need. See, give me a little part and make me a, a, a entertainer for a minute. Because he know folk like that kind of stuff. Then he, then he bait and switch on you. Then you come. You think you're getting an entertainer, but you're getting a preacher who entertain. Ah! <laughs> 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 Man, you better give me a clip before I mess up. I got to go. <laughs> you change that thing right there. When and where should you pray? We got to get through this information for real. When should you pray and where should you pray? Right? As prayer warriors, we have to pray anywhere, everywhere, all the time, all day, every day, pray. Amen. At all times and in all places, we have to pray. And ask God to help us. Right? But when you're developing a strategy, we need to look at Jesus' model. You just can't just go and just find it. You know, you have to use the model of the one who do the deal. Now, you know, here is the Son of God. Here is God in the flesh. And he prayed more than anybody. So we need to really, if we're going to have a prayer strategy, we need to look at the model of Jesus. Amen. So let's look at this model of Jesus. Jesus said, when you pray, enter into your prayer room, into your secret place. You ought to have a place somewhere where you can pray. Now, you don't have to have if you will, a closet, it ain't necessary. It ain't necessary. You can pray where? You can pray on the train. You can pray on the, on the plane. You know, I don't like green eggs and ham. That ain't the one I'm talking about. Y'all know you say, I don't eat them anywhere. No, you better pray everywhere. Pray on the plane. Pray on the train. Pray in the car. Pray on the bus. Pray on the bike. If you walk and pray. Right? And he says, enter into your secret place. And when you have shut the door. That's why I love that old song. I just heard a little bit of it right there. Come on in the room. You're inviting him in the room. Hmm? So he said, when you close the door. That means you got to get by yourself sometime. Prayer is an intimate thing between you and God. You ain't got to always have no prayer partner. The Holy Ghost ought to be your partner. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me twisted. We need prayer together. But every once in a while, you need to get by yourself. Talk to the good. By yourself. Mm -hmm. Away from the north. And when you shut the door and pray to your father, which is in secret, that's a solitary and secluded place. And your father in heaven who see in secret. 
will reward you openly. Huh? See, people can't understand all the time. I'm a pastor. Uh, how you do that? Well, I went into the room. Well, how, how you made that? I, I was over there. You didn't see? see all you see me walking in, you didn't see how many hours I prayed. I have a preacher friend, man. He and I grew up together. And he lives in uh, Pennsylvania. And so uh, I was talking to him one day, and I was telling him about my prayer life. I said, I need at least an hour. He said, well, what are you talking about for an hour? Huh? Ow. What are you talking about an hour? You're just getting crunk up in an hour. You know, when you go, when you know, when you got to deal with some things, the hour sometimes ain't enough time. Hmm? When you, need, when you need to get heaven into the earth, you need some time with the Lord. And so when you come out, the folk be trying to figure out how you blessed and why you blessed, tell them go look at your prayer life. I can guarantee you right now. I can tell anybody who going through anything, they ain't praying. Not too much. And if they are praying, it ain't the right kind of prayer. Let's give me a clip, man. Hurry up. Let me get through. I got some time to go. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Jesus' custom was to pray very early in the morning. Um, <laughs> Sister Gwen, I bless her. I love her. She said, you were doing the most time about some 7 o'clock prayer. I said, yeah. See, early prayer eliminates most people. Can I get a witness? <laughs> I said, early prayer. Bible said, he who seek me early shall find me. Huh? Early. Right, Mark one thirty-five, and in the morning. Look at what he said, rising up a great while before day. You know, day came around about five, six o'clock. And the Bible says he 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 rose up a great while before day. So if day came at six. A great while before day, and he was probably up around three, four. So I, I get up around four on Sunday mornings and five the rest of the week. Now I get up on four on Sunday morning because I got to go try to get a message to some people who ain't listening well. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard sometimes to get a message from heaven because I'm merely a mortal man. I'm just a male man trying to deliver a spiritual message from heaven. So I got to deal with that a little bit more. And so early, try getting up early in the morning. I'm telling you, you can hear the creeping things. <laughs> you got to get up before the house get up. You can't get up the same time the house get up. Come on now, you know the house wake up. And when the house wake up, it's too much chaos in the house. So you got to get up early in the morning. I'm giving you the strategy. Don't miss it. I try to give you a little comedy along the way to keep you woke, but I'm just trying to give you. <laughs> I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. No, you don't rebuke that. Listen, you got to get up. Now, how many know on Sunday mornings? I rebuke the spirit of sleep right now in the morning. But how many tell the truth? That's the best sleep ever. Something about Sunday morning sleep. It's different than any other day. 
It's the best sleep. Sunday morning sleep is the best sleep. Come on now. And how many have to fight with the pillars in the sheets? Anybody ever woke up and the pillar pull you back down? You throw the sheet off and the sheet just jump back on you? And how many just submit to the pillar in the sheet? That electronic rooster go off, you got an appointment with God. How many be missing your appointments on a regular basis? Don't raise your hand, but just think about that. <laughs> Miss your appointment. So you got to get up early. And he went to a place. Jesus also prayed into the evening hours. I'm giving you the strategy. You pray early in the morning and all into the evening. So that means that we got it all covered. Sometimes you just have to stay. And tarry for a little while. You know, in, 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 in the old black church, they have what they call the moaning bench. You ever seen one of them? The moaning bench. What's that? I heard about it. I ain't never been on one. But, you know, they tell me you have to go there and tarry. I mean, stay there until something happens. I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. You know? And that way, who was praying? That, and, and who that boy praying got a hip messed up? See if y'all know the Bible. And then what happened to him? Changed the name, didn't he? Yeah. He said, hey, listen, if the, the day was breaking. And, 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 and he said, look, you're going to have to do something. I ain't going to let you go till you bless me. <laughs> so sometimes you have to stay there and you have to tell him, I ain't going to let you go until you bless me. Going in there and trying to get out too fast. You better stay right there. Pray into the evening. Right there, Luke chapter 14, 23. After he had dismissed them. He went up on a mountainside to himself. There he go, by himself again. When evening came, he was there alone, praying all into the... I'm giving you a strategy of prayer. Come on, man. Right? And so what happens is we got to realize that. And he prayed all night long. Sometimes you got to close the door and just stay. You ought to have a lock up in the church. You have to bring all the prayer warriors in the church. Lock the door. Don't let nobody out. Nobody in. Hmm? Pray all night. Now that was hard for me. I confess. Because I get up early in the morning to pray. And I pray all day. And pass around about 10 o'clock, my eyes start getting heavy. Hmm? I, I really, I started getting sleepy in the afternoon. I'm like the kids, I need a nap. And I went to the doctor because I was tired. She said, well, what time you get? I said, about 4 or 5. She said, well, you need a nap. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with you. You just need to rest. So when we go to work, I steal away, go in the car and get my nap. Wife be looking for, where you been? I said, I had to check on my eyes. <laughs> Amen. So you got to pray. And he prayed all night. Luke 6, 12. And it came to pass in those days that he went into a mountain and prayed and continued all night in prayer to God. Lord, I'm out of time, Jesus. Click the button, brother. <laughs> All right. Using the prayer model, an example of Jesus, we should pray what? Everybody say it without ceasing. You just pray the affirmation. It's in your mind now. Amen. All right. <clears throat> Now, prayer is the most important 
aspect of a believer's life. Ain't nothing in your life more important than prayer. Because that's how you're going to get heaven to earth, right? So it's nothing more important. The disciples saw Jesus walk on water. They saw Jesus feed the multitude. They saw Jesus heal the sick, raise the dead. They saw Jesus do all kinds of miracle signs and wonders. But they never once asked Jesus to teach them how to walk on water. He, he didn't, listen, he didn't, don't teach, miracle sign. no, just teach us how to pray. Why? Because they saw that it was after prayer that Jesus went to work and healed the sick, raise the dead. It was after prayer that Jesus went to work and performed miracle signs and wonders. It was after prayer when he walked on the water. He was coming, they was already gone. And he started walking, and they saw him coming on the water. They said, wait a minute, it's a ghost. They said, no, they're scared. And Peter says, I like Peter, because Peter got enough nerve to say what we want to say. He said, now, Lord, if it's you, bid me come if that's you. Now, sometimes we be asking God for stuff. And God have to honor it. We ain't ready for it, but he honor it anyway because we say, God, if it's you, well, it's God. He said, it's me. I can't deny it's me. And you asked me to just come on in because it's me. And I have to honor your request because if I don't, then you won't think it's me. But if you ain't ready, you're going to sink. So don't be asking God for stuff you can't handle. He only going to answer that which you can manage. If you can't manage, stop praying for that until you're ready to manage that. God, give me a better job where you late on your job. God, give me a raise. You ain't paying your bills. God, give me a better woman. Well, you marry the one you got. She'll be better. Why am I over there? I don't understand why I went there, but somebody need to marry somebody. <laughs> Lord, give me a better man. Well, you make him marry you. Well, I don't want to get married. Well, you don't want no better man. This is supposed to be prayer. This is not about marriage. You, you <laughs> God, Holy Spirit, you need to leave me alone right here. <laughs> I'm mad at this in my business. Amen. Don't look. Don't say nothing. Don't move. No sudden moves. <laughs> don't make no sudden moves. Just say, just, just say yes. You want a better man? Make him be a man. See, you're supposed to help him be a man. You have to demand of him. Men are designed for pressure. And if you don't put no pressure on, I ain't talking about nagging pressure. I'm talking about <laughs> pressure to demand that he do what he's supposed to do. Somebody say, Pastor, get back on that screen quick. Because I don't have but eight minutes. <laughs> I rebuke that devil. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why every time I talk, time go fast. <laughs> so teach us to pray. Huh? That's what it was. Oh, God, help me today. In the name of Jesus. Well, I'm going to have to come back because I ain't going to get finished. All right. Listen, this is what happened. Give me another slide. I got to go. Mm-hmm. 
So they recognized the power of prayer. And that's why they asked him to teach them to pray. So we need to ask God to teach us to pray. And this is why prayer is the most important part of a believer's life. Because we have to know how to do that. So what should you say when you pray? All right, let me hurry up and do this right quick. When you pray, you have to say what the word of God says. Amen? You have to say what the word of God says about you, about your circumstances. You have to say what the word of God says, and you have to pray the promises and not the problems. You have to pray the truth and not the facts. See, I don't deal in in facts. They got me in trouble. We've been married 32 years, but I don't deal in facts. And so when the light bill was due some years back when we were struggling trying to make it work as a new young preacher, and I'm going to school and in conference studies and you know, the bishop didn't tell me the whole truth about, you know, the, how he went to school. Bishop said he went to school and he dropped the children off and he went to school. He didn't tell me he was getting a check from the military. <laughs> you know, you don't tell the truth, tell the whole truth. So I'm out here trying to go to school. I'm in school six days a week. Trust in the law. Just like the farmer who ain't planting no seed and he went out and saved a whole lot of people. And then when harvest time came, he went to the Lord and said, I ain't got no crop. He said, well, why are you asking me about crop? You're a farmer, ain't you? Why you ain't planting no seed? He said, I was saving souls. He said, yeah, you should have saved souls, but you should have planted some seed. Hmm? That's truth. So I'm struggling. So I'm trying to depend on the law. And so... My wife said, how are we going to pay the light bill? I don't know. It ain't my problem. <laughs> see, she, she, see, she deal with facts. I don't deal with facts. So I go say, God, you got a problem. See, that mess up the mind of Christians. I don't have no problems. You understand? I'm none. I don't have no problems at all. Now, now, uh, and God, he don't have problems because he can deal with them all. So if a problem arises in my life, I say, God, you have a problem. When my wife showed me a, a, a problem, I just give it to God. And I go to sleep. You know, God up all the time, don't never sleep or slumber. So why I need to be up? I don't understand that. So my wife wake up and say, well, let's talk about it. Girl, go sleep. We don't need to talk about it. Go sleep. And then if we do talk about it, and then she go to sleep. And I can't sleep now. She sleep. <laughs> she just need to get out of her mind. I ain't saying no way. So we have to pray. Go back, go back, go back. Don't leave. I ain't left yet. I'm still stuck right there. Cause I'm be out of time right there, so y'all might have to get some more sometime. I don't know when, but somebody took some of my time. They had to. <laughs> so, so the facts, the facts are the current state of things. Listen, write that down. You need to know that facts are simply the current state of things. Facts are subject to change. Facts and truth are not the same thing. Truth is absolute. And it does not change. 
Truth is that which agrees with the word of God. So what happens is when you look at, now I'm not saying deny the facts, just gather the facts. Right? But don't say the facts. Just gather them, but don't say them. Recognize them. Don't be in denial about them, but say what the truth says about the fact. And if you speak the truth over the facts, the truth has to change the facts. God stepped out and he saw that the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And God never said anything about the darkness. He didn't say anything about the formless. He didn't say nothing about none of that mess that was there. He said, let there be. And it was whatever he said. That's what we have to do. We have to acknowledge what the facts are. And you gather the fact. You go to the doctor. The doctor say, I see something. Say, good. I, I like what you see. I'm happy that you showed it to me. But now the truth says sickness and disease have no right in my body for God sent his word and he healed me by the stripes of Jesus I am healed and I'm walking in divine health in the name of Jesus I declare and decree that my body have to function and operate in the perfection that God created it to operate and in Jesus mighty name I receive my healing in Jesus name the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof he and everybody that's in it and my God you just got to start saying what the words say. The devil is a lie. Ain't no truth in him. And in the name of Jesus, my finances, look, huh? let me tell you something. My daddy on all the land. And I'm telling you right, I'm going to get this poverty mentality out of my mind. I'm going to stop saying I'm always broke. I'm going to stop saying I can't find no money. I'm going to stop saying money. Now, I'm going to start saying in the name of Jesus. I am rich in the name of Jesus. I am a multi-millionaire in the name of Jesus. I am prosperous in every area of my life. And I'm going to walk in and when I go to the bank, give me my money because it's mine in the name of Jesus. You got to say what God said about it. You got to say what the word said about it. You got to stop getting down on your knees talking about, oh Lord, you know I've been in this thing a long time. And God, I'm tired of going through. And oh God, you know about my situation. Won't you come on and bless me anyhow? Any way you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. You ain't said nothing. You ain't called heaven. Listen, you remember uh, Daniel, he prayed for a dream. And the Bible says that when he prayed, on the very day he set his faith to pray. The angel was dispensed because of the word. But when the angel came, he told Daniel, you know, that old devil held me up for 21 days. And I had to call somebody to come and help me. I had to call, listen, I had to call Micah down and I left Micah up there fighting and I'm come for your word. So you got to pray the word of God. So when you pray the word of God, I declare when I pray the word of God, God stopped worshiping heaven. He said, hush, no more worship. 
No more praise. Johnny Worthy call him a name. I got to go and see about my son. Something he need or if he wouldn't have called me. So when you called him, he got the answer. When you call on the kingdom of God, he have to show up. And I declare right now in the name of Jesus that when you called him, he going to answer. He going to come and see about you today in the name of Jesus. He going to do what he said. He's doing it even right now in the name of Jesus. So you got to call heaven. And I declare, he said, huh, he stopped the angels from worshiping him. When you call heaven, he stop, he's so happy you call. He's been waiting on you to call. He's just waiting on you. He's so happy when you call. He say, hush. Ain't no somebody. It's Johnny Worthy. He called him a name and I got to go and see about him. And he taught me that you stay there and you wait on the Lord until your change come. Just because it ain't showed up yet, we're in a spiritual war. Listen, they're trying to get a spiritual manifestation to break through this three-dimensional physical world. And if you can't wait a little while, and you keep affirming what you say, you keep affirming what you pray. Now you ain't got to beg no more. You just got to thank God for what you're asking for. God, I thank you. I know that you came for me. It ain't showed up yet, but I'm going to wait on you because I know it's coming. If I stay in faith, I, I believe by faith. And why are you praying? One day the thing just show up. You ain't even know it showed up. You just know that it ain't there no more. My God. Y'all better sit down. I got to go. I got to go. I'm trying to be obedient to the time. It's 12.02. They got the food ready. Ha, told my got to be more careful. Woo! Ah, Jeremiah said like fire. Shut up in my bone. My God, yeah. You, you can feel that thing, ain't it, huh? Yeah. My God from Zion, somebody. Hey, hey, my God, look at him. You better give me another one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ah. Uh. Mm. Uh. We talking about praying now. Y'all just went down my street. Mm. Somebody needs something right now from the Lord. Huh? Hey, mother. Mm-hmm. There it is, right there, in the name of G. Uh-huh. Right there. There it is, right there. Woo! Somebody better watch out. Watch out. No. That thing, hold up, hold up. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up. Woo! In the name of G. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me. Somebody needs some. We got to go, but somebody needs some. You better come quick and get it while the Spirit of the Lord is on me. You better run by here. Hey, just come and tap my hand. Just come on real quick. In the Spirit of the Lord. Oh, yeah. Real quick. In the name of Jesus. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. While the Spirit is here. You better come get it now. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Glory, 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 glory. 